We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. It is Thursday of OU Texas Week. Let's go. An 11 a.m. kick. We'll be on the air with the Sooner Radio Network with a 9 a.m. pregame show live from the Cotton Bowl. Can't wait. We've got the huddle reloaded coming up with Toby and Ted here in moments. But in the meantime, I'm Chris Plank. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Thursday. I had a chance to sit down with Jeremiah Hall. We'll bring that to you coming up here in seconds. But first, the Sooner Sports Podcast and the Huddle Reloaded is presented by the U.S. Army. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. All right, let's kick things off before Toby and Ted take the mic. Here from Jeremiah Hall, had a chance to catch up with the Sooner standout H-back, who is off to a whale of an individual start here in 2020. Uh, Jeremiah, thanks for doing this. I know this has been a challenge, but from, I guess, the player's perspective, what's the key in powering forward and not living in the past? Uh, we got to keep swinging. You know, we can't lay down because we still have the rest of the season to play. You know, I think uh, this past weekend, effort-wise, um, I think we did pretty good. You know, I think um, we did a great job of providing energy from the sidelines. We did a great job of um, pretty much finishing a lot of plays. We just got to play smarter. And that's what we'll be proving on, um, improving on moving forward. When when you say playing smarter, what does that look like? Eliminating turnovers. I know that you're on the offensive side, so there's probably not too much you can get into on the defensive side. But what does playing smarter look like to you, Jeremiah? Um, like you just said, you know, it's turnovers, it's penalties, holding penalties on both sides, defense and offense. Um, it's tackling better on defense. It's um, all of those things. And so the effort's there. 
I know the effort's there. We just got to put it all together. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy to think this is OU Texas week. And yeah. uh, obviously with the frustration of the last few weeks, it's still a very special league, not, uh, not just in the Sooner Nation, but in college football. What does OU Texas week mean to you? What's it been like to experience for you? You know, considering I'm from North Carolina, I didn't know much coming into this thing. You know, <laughs> I was really a deer in the headlights when I experienced my first Texas game. And over the, few, over the past few years, I've learned to, to appreciate how much this game means to the state of Oklahoma to um, former players and current players. So it means a great deal to me. I'm so happy to be able uh, to to be a part of this game and be a part of history. So, yeah. It's pretty special, man. Yeah. Uh, and with Texas, I know it's early in the week, so we're just starting to kind of dig into them a little bit. But new look offensively, Mike Yurcich, new offensive coordinator. You guys focus on that defensive attack. What have you seen different from what Chris Ash is doing compared to what they've done maybe historically in the past defensively at Texas? Um, they got those guys flying to the ball a lot more. Um, you can tell they're um, speaking for the defense. They're, uh, they, know, they know their assignment, it seems like, a little bit more. Um, I don't want to talk schematically, but we're preparing for those guys, and uh, we'll be ready for them. You know, I always find it interesting. You think about the, the Coney Dogs, think about the bus ride in with people banging on the bus, the crowd split. Yeah. I know everything has been unique this year, but that, it's still OU Texas at the core of it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, it's still OU Texas. And, man, I can really tell you, if you're not fired up for this game, then uh, I don't know what will get you going. <laughs> Take me through that room. I know you and I have had a chance to talk about it in the past, but not just yourself. I know Braden's been a little bit dinged up. We hope to see him back soon. But uh, Mikey Henderson getting an opportunity. I know that everyone wants the football, but Jeremiah, what have you seen as the growth in that H-back room from day one? Uh, I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again, man. I think I really do think we're the best tight end H-back room in the entire country. No doubt put us against anybody else when we're full and healthy. But in terms of growth, um, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. And I really think that's that's it started with me in terms of setting the tone for the room, setting the turn for the expectations we have. Mikey's coming along and he's always ready. I always tell Mikey to be ready. Like you said, Braden's a little dinged up, but we'll make up for that and uh, we'll keep moving forward. What's the key for you then in that leadership role, Jeremiah, in setting the tone? Because it's not just on the field; it's in your everyday life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it just comes with being a leader. You know, you have that weight on your shoulders that guys look up to you you know we may be 18 19 20 21 no matter how old we are but guys still look up to you at the end of the day and I'd like to be an example for them to follow what have you seen speaking of young guys what have you seen from Spencer Rattler in handling the adversity you've been that that safety valve and you've had a lot of opportunities here early on but what have you seen from the young quarterback um cool calm and collected you know he's obviously made his mistakes we don't expect him to be perfect but you can tell he's definitely learning from him. He's being, uh, like I said, he's being calm in the pocket. He's making those throws. He's escaping the pocket when needed, and he's developing. He's developing. And a couple final thoughts and I'll let you get out of here. I'm glad you mentioned, hey, we stayed up, we stayed positive. I got a pretty cool perspective on the sidelines, being able to watch you guys and cover you guys. That's never been an issue. I love the energy of this team, Jeremiah. What yeah. kind of fuels that? Yeah, um, it's just the continuous fight that I keep saying that we have to have, you know, from the outside looking in, obviously you can say that we made a lot of mistakes, but we know who we are. We know who and what our identity is, and that's never going to fade. You know, like I said, we'll continue to be better, and we'll make those improvements on the field for sure. And then, of course, finally, the ultimate 
decider as a scoreboard. But as you said, there's some good things you did. We're talking last week, that balance between, hey, there were some good things that we did. But then again, you got to be critical of the things that need to be cleaned up. What's that balance like to make sure that you celebrate where you're getting better, but also cleaning up what needs to be fixed? It's tough just because of the fact that, you know, like you just said, the scoreboard is the ultimate decider. So when you know you're getting better and you're not getting the results that you expect, it hurts. It hurts a lot more than than anything else in the entire world. But we got to keep swinging. You know, we can't fold. We won't fold. Beard looks good, man. You feeling good with it? You going to keep it around for a while? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I had to touch it up, you know, just for you. (laughs) (laughs) Congrats uh, on a great start to your season. I know we want to see better results for the team, but good luck this week, OU Texas Week, Jeremiah. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's kind of funny if you think back to when Lincoln Riley came to Oklahoma from East Carolina. I'll never forget the concern. Oh, there's not a there's not a fullback. There's not an H-back on this uh, on this East Carolina roster. What are we going to do? How are we going to make it play out? Well, here's what we do know is Lincoln Riley has found a way to make his H-backs, whether it's Jeremiah Hall, whether it's Dimitri Flowers. They have been an incredible weapon, Carson Meyer too. So really good to see Jeremiah Hall off to a great start. I agree with him. That H-back room when Braden Willis is healthy and obviously the future of Mikey Henderson is fantastic. I need to see a lot of him coming up this weekend in the Red River Showdown if Oklahoma is going to beat Texas. Well, what do you say we get some perspective from the play-by-play voice of the Sooners and the analyst on the Sooner Radio Network. It's time for the Huddle Reloaded, where we not only talk OU and Iowa State from Saturday night, look ahead to OU Texas, but take a trip around all of college football with voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and Teddy Lehman. We call this the Lincoln Riley pregame show, a.k.a. the Huddle. We're going to talk OU, Iowa State. We're going to look ahead to the Red River Showdown and around the Big 12, make some picks on some college football games coming up this week. Please help me welcome right now the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner and the best color analyst in college football, Teddy Lehman, everybody. t Rowe, how we doing? I'm good. How are you? You recovered from that drive back from no. Ames, Iowa? Yeah, I, I got a good night's rest uh, Sunday night, so I'm uh, raring to go again. Thanks for getting us home safely. Uh, I mean... I will take the blame because I think I was the one that initially said it'd be a good idea to go ahead and drive home yeah, right after a, the game. That was a poor decision. We should have just stayed there. <laughs> that I, was, I mean, that rookie was, mistake by that you. That was really bad. <laughs> Opening bad. segment presented by Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law. McIntyre Law is the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. Unfortunately, we've got a loss to talk about again this week. 37-30, the Sooners fall up in Ames in primetime on Saturday night. And we got a lot to talk about over the uh, course of this hour about this game. Sooner started well, Teddy. Yeah. I mean, same thing. Uh, Looked good early in the game, just like we saw against Kansas State. Um, You know, looking strong on both sides of the ball. Moving the ball offensively. I thought the mix of run and pass early was pretty good. Um, Defensively, we're able to create some havoc on Brock Purdy. And, uh, you know, from that point, it just slowly kind of unraveled on us. We lost some confidence defensively. Uh, I think Iowa State caught us, caught up to us a little bit with their defense. And uh, from that point on, we give up a, a big special teams play and can't, can't do what we need down the stretch, can't get the stops and can't get the, uh, the points we need. Great effort there by Spencer Rattler after the two teams trade field goals on their opening possession. That put the Sooners in front 10 to 3 at the time. Iowa State got a field goal, all-out blitz. Rattler throws it up for the big man. Stogkowski brings it down. 
And then another touchdown. Jeremiah yep. Hall, 17-6, and we're looking good. Yeah, just a really good mix of pass, uh, throwing it up to a big playmaker, run, and then play action down there on the goal line. And, uh, you know, and there, there we see a, a missed tackle. And that's what really cost us in this football game defensively. We had, I thought, a, a good game plan. We had guys in positions to make plays, and we just we missed them, flat-out missed tackles. And, and that's been two weeks in a row that we've seen that happen. The old tight end to tight end double pass works for Iowa State, and then they're able to bang it in the end zone with Brees Hall. They would add a field goal to make it a one-point game. We're into the second half now, and at this point, you can tell we've got a game that's headed right down to the wire. Sooners would go for it on fourth down several times in this game. Drake Stoops' only catch was a big one here. Yeah, that was a nice play. Fourth down. Uh, takes a lot of moxie for Spencer Rattler. Confidence on fourth down to to you know have that poise under fire there and complete a pass to convert that and end up getting some nice points out of it. Gabe Burkich had missed his first field goal of his career at the end of the first half, but he came back to hit that one to put OU up four. Then a big play for the Cyclones give, gives them their first lead. Yeah, it's a little RPO, hard play action, and throw that slant. We've got to secure that tackle if we're going to go ahead and make a play on the football. And uh, they're able to complete that and sprint off for a, for a touchdown. Early fourth quarter, a career-long 51-yard field goal for Gabe Burkich tied it, and then Oklahoma finally gets the turnover they've been looking for, and it's Isaiah Thomas that forced it. And this is where you felt really good. They get the turnover. Offense looks great. Probably their best sequence of the game, mixing and, and then you see that, you know, as they uh, pour it into the end zone, and this is the changer right here. 30-23 OU and Kane Nwangu with the kickoff return that was an absolute backbreaker. He didn't take it to the end zone, but he almost did. And the momentum just that quickly changed sidelines. Yep, they're able to punch it in. Quarterback run game with Brock Purdy down here inside the five-yard line. And uh, all of a sudden, they just that quickly took back the momentum. And uh, it was going to be difficult from that point on. Tie game. OU had a bad three and out right there. Their worst offensive possession of the night. And Iowa State answered Brees Hall breaking tacklers, dragging guys down inside the 10. Then he would score one play later from eight yards out. And with four minutes to go, it's 37-30 Cyclones. And there you saw just uh, it inflamed on that final drive, the missed tackles. We had guys in positions to make plays and just couldn't get them down. Another big fourth down pickup to Charleston Rambo on the final drive. Then Rattler takes a shot deep. No flag on the Charleston Rambo hold. It's picked off in the end zone. And the final 37-30 Iowa State. Statistically, you cannot get a closer football game than this. Y yards, 417 to 414. First downs, 23 to 22. Both teams had one turnover. Uh, penalties, each team had nine. But the biggest play of the game was what happened on special teams. Yep, that's it. Anytime you've got two evenly matched teams, uh, yards, turnovers, all of that stuff. Whenever it's the same, you got to look to special teams to find the difference, and that's where it was. That that long kickoff return, uh, you know, not only took the momentum away from Oklahoma and gave it back to Iowa State, it was just the difference. Whenever you had to find some way to stand out in the football game, whether it was defensively, offensively, the answer was special teams, and Iowa State's the one that, that made that big play. Two straight weeks. That's happened right. to OU. Who was your player of the game? 
for the Sooners on Saturday? Well, you know, even though he had the interception at the end, I, I went with Spencer Rattler because, you know, that was a really good Iowa State defense. And I thought it was just a gutsy performance from Spencer Rattler. He was under duress pretty much the entire game, used his legs. You see him here scramble for a, for a touchdown there against that three-man rush. He was under fire nonstop, and he took some massive shots, and he just kept getting right back, getting right back up and uh, playing the next snap. And I don't know. I think as a freshman going on the road, Iowa State, he played a big-time football game. Now, yes, the end of the game, bad throw. Should never have thrown that ball, even though it was a pass interference. They had double coverage back there. But aside from that, I thought he played a, just a really gutsy football game. You come out of that game feeling good about him, right? I'm feeling better I do. about him. I mean, listen, it's not perfect, but as a uh, redshirt freshman, I think he's playing really good. You know, we need to get the running game going to help him out. We need the defense to play a little bit better to give him a, a more comfortable lead. So there's a bunch of other things that need to come along. I would say right now there's no way you can blame Spencer Rattler for, for the problems. I mean, he's he's involved in some of the, the negatives, but I think he's also done a really good job, you know, considering the circumstances. We'll talk more about Spencer coming up in a second. My player of the game was uh, Austin Stogner. We're kind of switching guys this week. Right. I'm taking your guy and you're taking mine, but Austin Stogner – uh, outplayed, or, or at least in terms of yards, had more than Char Charlie Kolar did from Iowa State on Saturday night. I think we knew coming into this year he had a chance to be a big-time weapon for this team, but he's starting to really establish himself as that. He's a blitz buster. You saw yep. it right there. They brought the house, and Spencer Rattler said, I'll just throw it up to my big basketball player I've got down there, and he'll block somebody out and make the catch. I think it's shocking that he doesn't have a touchdown yet. As big as he is, he seems like a natural weapon in the red zone, and I'm sure that will happen maybe even this Saturday. He could be a big factor, I think, against Texas. No, I think he's great, and it looks like Rattler's starting to find that comfort zone with going to him. And it is funny, you know, I think uh, Kolar had four catches. It felt like he had 15 catches in that game because they went to him so many times. But, yeah, you know, whenever everything else is equal, throw it up to your big player when he's got a mismatch. That's what Iowa State did with Kolar, and, and we saw Spencer Rattler do the same with Stogner. Five catches, 74 yards, the next in a long list of great tight ends here at the University of Oklahoma. All right, we'll take a timeout. Well, when we come back, a closer look at OU offensively and defensively, what went right, what went wrong on Saturday, plus our drive of the game. Lincoln Riley coming up next hour. Stay with us here at Rudy's. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch, 
Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Time for our drive of the game brought to you by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past. Get Pike Pass. Drive of the game from Saturday. This is uh, the second possession, it looks like, for Oklahoma. Game tied 3-all, and they're going to go down the field here, Teddy, with a lot of balance. Yeah, I like that. You know, you, you start off with a play action, a little scramble out to the right, then you come back with the run, and here we see an old shovel pass we haven't seen in, <laughs> in quite a while, but that's a nice little uh, change up there to Seth McGowan, use his speed, get him out in some space, and then back to the play action game. And, and you know, whenever you get that run going and can go to the play action, it changes everything. Little run, little pass. T.J. Pledger, Seth McGowan sharing the workload. There's big Jaquan Bailey. Got to watch out for him. Rattler with guys surrounding him. Dumped down to Austin Stockner. They got a third and one. They go play action looking for it all. Rattler's going to throw it. Oh, get that foot Back down. of the end zone. Obi Obialo, his first touch in a Sooner uniform. Almost a touchdown. They go for it on fourth down. The first of many times on this night and get it. Yeah, they just go inside zone, put your head down and get that half yard. You know, they're going to be bearing down on you. And here's a great individual effort. And we saw a couple of these on Saturday night from our running backs whenever it wasn't blocked up real clean, but they through extra effort got a couple of yards like a bucket bronco running through there and then spencer rattler he'll keep it himself and flies into the end zone that's a touchdown that's your drive of the game brought to you by pike pass 10 plays 85 yards in 433 and you kind of knew going into saturday that's how you're gonna have to get it done against iowa state lengthy time-consuming, sometimes double-digit play scoring drives. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about that defense quite a bit. They're, they like to drop eight guys back into zone coverage. And, you know, one of the things that you've got to do is you've got to establish the run and get the play-action game. If you can do that, you get those safeties out of position. And we did that pretty good in the first half, and the play-action game was there. We are able to get those guys out of position, hit them on some big chunk plays, and then from that point on, you got them off balance, uh, run pass. So uh, I like what we saw earlier, just weren't able to continue it in the second half. Not a lot of possessions in this game because of so many lengthy drives. There were only 10 possessions, which we may have that in the first half on Saturday yeah. against Texas, which keeps the score down, which keeps things tight, and that's exactly the way Iowa State wanted it. Okay, I want to turn back to uh, Spencer Rattler now. We're three games in to his redshirt freshman career. Came in with a lot of hype. Yeah. What's the report card here at the uh, one-third poll for you? Well, you know, I, I think you have to, whenever you compare him with our recent quarterbacks, you're talking about really experienced guys. I know Kyler Murray uh, sat for a while, but he sat behind Baker Mayfield, learned from him for multiple years. And by the time he took over, you could call him an experienced player. Same with Hertz. So you got to think of everything in a little bit different vein with him. Uh, you know, this is kind of his real major, first real major time in college football. I think he's accurate with the football. I think that he's athletic enough to, to have some really good pocket presence and move around. I think he has rushed a couple of things and thrown some errant passes. Uh, I mean, that were really on target, but didn't really uh, react to where the defense was going to be. And we've seen that through the, the first couple of games. But all in all, with all of those things considered, you know, what really helped our previous quarterbacks was the fact that we had the best running game in all of college football. Yeah. And Spencer Rattler doesn't have that luxury right now. 
and that's really changed a lot of things for him. It's made it way more difficult. We're three games in a row averaging well under four yards a carry, and I don't know that any of the other quarterbacks ever had that. So that's something that's made it difficult for him. But all in all, I think you you got to be happy. I thought, <laughs> surprisingly, I thought Iowa State was his best performance yet yeah. for Spencer Rattler. Totally Rattler. agree. I'll tell you, I expected the arm talent, and we've seen it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's made some throws that go, wow. I did not expect the composure – and maturity he's shown early in the year. That's been impressive. And he hasn't done that as much as I thought he would. He's right. scrambled for some yards, but there hasn't been much quarterback run in this offense, which I wonder if that changes going forward because he's obviously got athleticism to him. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that has really opened up our running game in the past is that threat of the quarterback in the running game. And we haven't shown that yet. Is it something that Lincoln Riley adds in? Well, that's a really easy wrinkle uh, to put in there, so maybe so. You look back to Kyler, Jalen Hurts, obviously, even Baker from time to time called quarterback run just to keep the defense honest on the backside. Really gives those running backs some more running lanes, so I wouldn't be shocked if we saw some of that moving forward. All right, sticking with the offense, let's move the conversation to the H-back position, which might be the best group in America. There's a lot. There's several things that we're going to talk about uh, reasons for concern with this football team right now, but that's not one of them. I mean, what Austin Stogner and Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis, he wasn't there Saturday night, but we've seen what he can do. And now Mikey Henderson mm-hmm. added in. What a package of weapons Lincoln has at the H-backs. It really is. And, you know, whenever you combine the, the play action stuff, with the, um, you know, the ability of those guys to get the good run blocking done and just change up the look personnel-wise for some of those defenses. You don't know if it's going to be spread. You don't know if it's going to be heavy run. So just that versatility gives us a, a, a ton of benefit. And, you know, one of the great things is, you know, Jeremiah Hall, Stogner, those guys have been great in the scramble drill for Spencer Rattler. And that's something that you don't typically see from those bigger guys. But, yeah, I think that position, honestly, right now, is the strongest position group on the offense. And that's great to have that uh, the H-back tight end position to be that strong, but I don't know that overall in your offense that's what you you really want. You'd like to have your, your real skill position guys, your running backs, your wide receiver making those big plays, but they've really picked up where the other guys haven't as of right now. Running game is the hot topic, at least on offense. Not that it's terrible, but it's not what we've become accustomed to in this mm-hmm. offense. They're averaging right around three and a half yards a carry. The past few years, it's been over six yards a carry. Um, just over 100 yards rushing on Saturday night. What's the issue as you see it? I, we're not getting movement with the offensive line. Um, you know, I think that's, that's been one of the things that's, that's really hurt is I think we're in position on guys, but we're not blowing them off the ball. In years past... We'd see offensive linemen, Orlando Brown, I mean, name your guy, burying players 10, 12 yards downfield with just massive pancake blocks and attitude on the offensive line, you know, uh, begging Lincoln to keep running the football, and they're going to keep punishing those defensive lines. And we just haven't seen that attitude for whatever reason. Um, You know, it's been a difficult year. Uh, we've had guys in and out of the, the roster through training camp because of the virus situation, which isn't an excuse, but it is a fact that we haven't had great continuity between five starting guys yet this year. So 
Hopefully, we've got three games under our belt that it should be happening now. These guys are talented enough. They're coached well enough. We've got to start seeing some better play from them. Let's flip the uh, side of the ball here and talk defense and running game. Yeah. Stopping the run. I thought the defensive line got its best pursuit of the year on Saturday. They, they put some pressure on Brock Purdy. We saw Perry on Winfrey do some things. Obviously, the, the strip sack by Isaiah Thomas. But they certainly, and, and it wasn't just the defensive line, they, they had a hard time across the board with Brees Hall in the running game. Yeah, they did. And credit him, he's a really good player. And, and he's going to make some of those plays. But there is way too much of him. You look at the last couple of games, we've got guys in position to make a tackle. There's multiple guys that are just, I mean, that should be a three-yard loss that we're looking right here. We have three guys missing. There's a guy has got him dead to rights in the backfield. There's another guy that, I mean, these are negative plays that are turning into first downs. I mean, it just kills you defensively. And it wasn't just a, a couple of instances. It was over and over. And throughout the first couple of weeks, we've seen that. That's not going to be winning football in the Big 12. You've got guys in position. You've got to make them uh, pay. You've got to get them down. You've got to, you got to get those negative yardage plays. I mean, these, these are critical yards that changes everything for an offense. And... You know, we just haven't been able to get those stops, get those tackles. We've got unblocked guys the last two weeks that are in position to make a touchdown-saving tackle that come up, honestly, hugging air. And that's not good enough. And if we don't get that fixed and fixed quickly, we got a long season ahead yep. of us because, you know, Iowa State and Kansas State are two good football teams, but they're not anywhere close to the best offenses that we're going to see. We're going to talk about Texas in a bit, but – the defense is now going to face an offense that is number one in the nation in scoring, 51 mm -hmm. points a game, and a quarterback that is extremely experienced. Is there a guy on this defense or a couple of guys on this defense that if they're going to turn this around, it starts with them? Yeah, I can give you a name. <laughs> you know, who you, don't, you don't want to You know who I'm talking about. Ronnie Perkins would be nice to have Ronnie well, Perkins back. I mean, at some point they're expected to get him back, whether it's a, Saturday or not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But he's a game changer for our defensive line. If, if that can happen, you know, one of the guys that I thought was going to have a, a really good season and impactful season was Nick Benito. I mean, you heard from the coaches coming out of training camp that he's had by far his best camp. He's he's had, uh, you know, major gains in his pass rushing ability. And he's been quiet so far this season. We need him to show up um, on the back end. The key really is the back end to get the defensive line going. You know, if it, it, I always say this, it works together. If the secondary covers better, the defensive line's going to have extra time to get to the quarterback. If our run fits with linebackers and safeties coming up on the edges – are better, our defensive line is going to get penetration tackles on the inside. So we need our defensive line, I think, has been pretty good for the most part. If we can up our play in the secondary and linebacker uh, positions, then I think they're going to be way more productive on the D-line. If you're watching this saying, man, that's the kind of analysis I wish I could hear in the middle of an OU football game. <laughs> I've got good news for you. You can. This guy is amazing breaking oh, things please. down in the middle of a broadcast. So uh, hopefully you'll turn us on on Saturday. Uh, take a time out. Let's talk Texas when we come back. It's the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. And we're brought to you by Bud Light. The huddle is brought to you by Rudy's. Bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. 
Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. Riverwind. Still the one. Sooner fans, be sure to check out Soonersports.com for your chance to win Red River Showdown football tickets from Love's Travel Stops, Riverwind, and Homeland. Time to go behind enemy lines now, brought to you by Riverwind. Riverwind's still the one. Let's take a closer look at the boys in burnt orange. The Texas Longhorns, 2-1 and one so far this year, coming off a loss against TCU. That game was in Austin, 33-31. It went 8-5 last year. Of course, Sam Ellinger back on offense. Joseph Asai, really good at getting after the quarterback. Outstanding linebacker for them on defense Tom Herman also in his fourth year in Austin just like Lincoln Riley is in Norman here you take a look at the series history Texas has the overall edge but it's been crimson and cream of late they've won two in a row and eight of the last 11 first meeting back in 1900 Sooners uh only managed a safety in that one Michael Dean covered that game did you know that Teddy <laughs> yes I did know that Sooners Thanks, won at 34 27 a year ago so let's talk about uh, Texas, and let's start by taking a look at their highlights from last week against TCU. Ugly and entertaining football right. game, if it's possible to be both. Down in Austin, it was the early kickoff. We had the primetime game in Ames, so we had a chance to watch a significant portion of this contest and w tons of penalties. Yeah. But Texas had a chance at the end. No, they did, and just crazy the way that game ended. But uh, you see... Ellinger did a really good job. They brought a ton of pressure after him, and he stood in the pocket quite a bit and delivered some really nice footballs in man-to-man. -man. Uh, he was also a, a decent factor in the running game, uh, specifically down in the red zone. Here you see them bring a zero blitz, it, you know, in the tight red zone, and they're in empty and just run pick routes down there, and it's an easy completion for Ellinger in the touchdown. So he had a poised football game. His accuracy has improved big time from whenever he was a freshman. And obviously taking care of the football for yeah. him. I think he's 14 touchdowns to two interceptions this year, which is a massive change from whenever we first saw him as a freshman. Look at that. Just a beautiful ball down the middle to Eagles. Big tight end there. Tall guy, athletic guy that's going to be a tough cover for us. So they've got some weapons. The difference with Texas so far this year is they're running the football. They are... Um, they got well over 200 yards a game right now in the running game. So that's that's a big improvement from years past. They've been explosive. They've been balanced on offense. Like I said, they're averaging 51 points a game, which leads to the nation. Now that's helped a little by the overtime game down in Lubbock. But still, uh, they are potent. And an OU defense that is struggling for confidence right now, this could be a dangerous combination. Yeah, and they've got some big pass catchers, which has proven to be yep. an issue for us. And they've got some elusive guys in the backfield. The running game is has been going a little bit better for them. So this is going to be tough. They're going to put us to the test. Uh, there's no doubt defensively. And, you know, we've shown enough flaws through the first three games that, you know, Texas is going to add some of that into their game plan. You know, some of the things that we've had trouble with, some of the shifts and motions that have you know, kind of created a, a little bit of chaos there through our secondary and linebacker positions. We're going to see some of that stuff. So it's a quick week. It's a quick turnaround. But we've got big improvement if we're going to expect to go down there into the Cotton Bowl and get a W. Intriguing matchups all over the place, including on the sidelines where you got two 
young head coaches, both in their fourth years, both very highly thought of across the country. Lincoln has had the better of the Red River showdowns. He's got a three to one head to head lead over Tom Herman. Sooners, of course, have won three Big 12 titles. Tom Herman, a little bit, maybe a lot on the hot seat down in Austin after last week going into this game. The other intriguing or another intriguing matchup is at the quarterback position where you have opposites, polar opposites here. A red shirt freshman playing at his first ever OU Texas tilt. And Sam Ellinger, who played in that 1900 game. A lot of people don't know about that. The 28 to two game. He is making his uh, fifth career start. That's right, folks. Remember, there was a Big 12 championship game right. in there. This is his fifth career start against OU. Let's talk about him for a second, Teddy, because you mentioned he's become a much, much better thrower of the football. He's dangerous. When I think about this game, though, the thing about Sam Ellinger that scares me, because I've seen it over the years, is what he's done to Oklahoma with his wheels. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. And he is a tough, gritty guy. I mean, what he does in the running game, it's power run. I mean, he's not nearly as good, but it reminds you a little bit of Tebow. He just kind of yep. bruises it up in there. Uh, but, man, he, he's accurate with the football. He takes care of it. And, I mean, I think experience in this football game is critical. You look at quarterbacks that have their first start in the Cotton Bowl, it's not very good record. I mean, I know Jalen Hurts won his, but, um, you know, it's <laughs> from that point on, it's not very good. Kyler For Murray OU, didn't. Yeah, yeah. Kyler didn't. Baker didn't. Mm -hmm. Ellinger didn't. I mean, it goes back quite a bit. I mean, you know, there's there's a bunch of guys that have lost their first matchup, and it's it's different. I don't know how this year's change in atmosphere is going to impact that, but there, definitely experience is is critical in this football game. But yeah, I mean, Ellinger with what he does with his legs and and throwing the football. He's going to be the most athletic quarterback. Well, I mean, Purdy's probably more athletic, but they use Ellinger more in the run game. He's more of a Mack truck right. when he runs, and if, he, if they need short yardage, he's been able to get it through the years. All right, so Texas potent on offense, but let's talk about them uh, defensively because they've had their struggles. Much yeah. like Oklahoma, they've given up a ton of points. They've had a terrible time with tackling what have you seen out of Texas defensively? Well, this is a terrible year as a defensive coordinator to take over as your as your first year because you haven't had your players. You didn't get them through spring. You didn't have them through summer. You've been just doing Zoom meetings. So it's really difficult to install a defense and have a whole lot of confidence uh, with the short training camp and the way that all of that has unfolded. So it's been difficult for them. Tackling issues, um, you know, personnel issues, alignment issues, bust issues. I mean, there's plenty there for Texas. It, it has not been pretty for them. So I do expect that we're going to have a big game offensively. Uh, the thing is, is they're going to try some change-ups for us, and it's going to be a risk-reward type of day for Texas. They're going to bring blitzes. They're going to bring it from different areas, and they're going to try and confuse Rattler as the young quarterback and have him throw the football. And, you know, that's going to be the big test for him. Can he be smart? Can he take what they what they give him? Because there's going to be plenty of room, plenty of open wide receivers out there. No reason to force the issue against Texas. I feel like that's going to be the game plan both ways. Yeah. On Saturday with two struggling defenses, you can't just let these quarterbacks, and I know Rattler's young, but obviously he can dice you up if you just let him sit in the pocket. I think we're going to see a blitz fest in this yeah. game. I mean, 
if I were Texas and I had I was going up against Spencer Rattler, I would take my chances. I'd come blitz, uh, zero man, man to man on the back end with a cushion to try and take away the just throw it as far as I can and let my guy run under it. I would give a big cushion and make him throw it underneath because it's that's difficult under duress to make an accurate throw into into coverage. So that's what I would do. Is that what Texas going to going to do? I don't know. Um, but I, I do think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for both teams to, to um, you know, put the points up there, which probably tells you low-scoring de- defensive We're battle. We're headed for 13-10. We just, we just yeah. never know in this game. <laughs> All right, so that's the marquee game of the weekend, obviously, in the Big 12, but it's not the only thing going on. We'll take a look at the rest of the conference when we come back. This is The Huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, brought to you by Bud Light. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. I don't know if we have a playoff contender in this league this year, but my goodness, have they provided entertaining close football games so far. Here's what happened last Saturday. K-State coming off the win over OU. Welcome to Texas Tech to Manhattan. And a good football game broke out. And that guy right there, Deuce Vaughn, is becoming a star, Teddy. Yeah, well, it's Darren Sproles all over again, uh, I'm afraid. He's fantastic. He's elusive. He's fast. Um, And, you know, I think K-State's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I know they lost to Arkansas State, so it's hard to consider them, you know, but They're solid. Yeah, they're solid. They've got experience at quarterback themselves. Um, Defense, for the most part, plays solid. Are they great? No, but uh, good on special teams. Just a pretty good football team. Bill Snyder retired, and they hired Bill Snyder. I I mean, they're just playing the same football. They look more like K-State than they did uh, (laughs) during Bill Snyder's, you know, last couple of years. K-State would hang on to win this when you see here midway through the fourth quarter three-point game, but they got the big turnover. I'm telling you, McPherson, that safety has had a really good start to the season. He's a player now. There's Deuce loose again, and he would put the capper on it. Ten-point victory for K-State. They're 2-0 in league play. Meanwhile, Baylor went on the road for the first time. They went up to Morgantown for an early kickoff, and West Virginia got them. Yeah, I thought Baylor, you know, considering that they weren't able to play a football game for a long time, Looked pretty good. You know, I think both of these teams are solid. Again, I mean, uh, you know, Baylor didn't really know what to expect, but they've got some some skill guys. I thought they looked good at quarterback. Uh, defensively, they're going to create some trouble defensively now. They're going to bring pressure from some weird spots. So uh, West Virginia, the 
Worst team in the Big 12 running the football a year ago all of a sudden has a running game, and they look pretty good doing it. So, uh, fun football game here between these two. I said this earlier today, but my take on the league is whoever's playing Kansas has a bye. But every other game is a touchdown game. I mean, it's it's going to the fourth quarter. It really doesn't matter what the matchup is any given week. That's how much parity there is in the conference this year. I really agree with that. I do. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's some good experience at quarterback spread throughout. There's some good skill position guys. There's some better defenses maybe than the Big 12 gets credit for. So, yeah, I mean, I honestly think, think that that's exactly the case. I don't see you know the the uh, level at the top being what it has been in no. recent years but i mean you go down obviously kansas but one through nine is fairly tight it really is it's as tight as we've seen it in recent years for sure wv wins it in overtime 27 21 so here's a look at your big 12 scoreboard tcu over texas we talked about that the only other game we haven't talked about oklahoma state no problem with the jayhawks down in lawrence Tell you something else that was great this weekend. Did you get to watch any NFL between your uh, sleep deprivation weariness on Sunday? I did. I watched the early How about slate the of Sooners games. on Sunday. Yeah, there was guy Joe Mixon. You know, we've been waiting on this. He got the big contract, and this is really his first breakout game. So that was fantastic. Got to watch Kenneth Murray play quite a bit on defense. CeeDee Lamb first uh, touchdown, and then he backs it up with another one. So, yeah, fantastic week. I'll tell you the big difference for Baker, they got that running game going. Yeah. They got that running game going, and, and he's played really well behind it. So much. I mean, that's a dangerous-looking team right now. It's Cleveland, good fantasy I'm squad is what about. it is. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. Mark Andrews is becoming a monster at tight end. Hollywood Brown had a nice uh, day as well. So Sooners really uh, doing well at the next level. Um, next hour, we've got Lincoln Riley, and uh, that means the Butkus brain teaser. You don't have to tell us what it is, but you want to tease us with what you got in store for the coach tonight? Well, I'm, you know, sticking with the theme. I'm going with the, the OU Texas rivalry. So we'll, we'll go down to the Cotton Bowl for, for a game 2016. Uh huh. Toby, we'll go to 2016. And I'm going to tell you. I don't remember that year, much less what the play is you're going to ask for. And I, I know I say this every week, but I don't think he's going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably dumb. No. no, it is dumb, but I don't think he's going to get it. We'll find out in the next hour. Let's take a break. We'll pick our games this week around college football when we come back and wrap it up here on The Huddle at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. All right, here's how we did last week in the Pick'em Contest. We both whiffed on the Baylor-West Virginia game. We both had Bama over Ooh, Texas Bama looks good. Uh, breaking news. Yeah. Texas Tech and K-State. Uh, I actually picked K-State in that game. I so think I did, too. Graphic is wrong. I know Texas. I know Teddy took Texas Tech. SMU, yes. Uh, Auburn, no. Georgia handled them. They did. I didn't see that coming. Uh, maybe I should have, but uh, Georgia maybe found them a quarterback. Stetson. Stetson the fourth. Stetson the fourth. 
sounds like an SEC guy. I can't SEC believe you've never guy. heard of Stetson cowboy hats before. I think I have. Have you? Okay. Stetson cologne you brought up. Sure. That's good, yeah. Sure. Seems like something you'd wear in Fort Gibson no. back in no. the day. Absolutely All right, not. so it's time to make our picks. We're floundering around the 500 mark. That's not good enough. So we got five games. It's a hard year it to is. pick football because everybody's is. all over the place. Uh, we're going to start in the SEC. Florida at Texas A&M. Florida's look great out of the gates. Texas A&M coming back home after Alabama kicked them pretty good. Yeah. What you got? I'm going to go with Florida. Um, Trask is playing better than maybe I give him credit for. Uh, he's looked really good. They've got athletes on defense. Just an all-around good football team right now in Florida. I'm going to go with the Gators. You're talking about Kyle Trask. Yep. Their uh, quarterback. They got a couple of Kyles. Kyle Pitts, their tight end, outstanding player as well. Kellen Mond, mm, still kind of lukewarm on I him. I feel like he's been there 10 years, and it's just been average play. Sooner or, I mean, if, if Florida is going to trip up, this is a pretty good spot for them to do it. You know, and they're on the road mm. at A&M. They're away from home. But I think they're better enough that they'll get it done. This will be a good football game, but I'll take Florida as well. Virginia Tech at Mac Brown in North Carolina. Justin Fuente and Mac Brown. I'm going with North Carolina here. I mean, they've got a good athletic quarterback. They're flying around a little bit. They got tested recently um, with Boston College, but I'm going with North Carolina. I, you know, I'm kind of shocked by how they've played recently and how they've recruited, but give Mac Brown credit. That team actually has some confidence, believes in themselves, right. and they've showed up to, to play really well. They've got a good quarterback in Sam Howell who hasn't been great early in the mm -hmm. season, but his running game has bailed him out. Michael Carter's been outstanding for them. Vodtech, by the way, is 2-0, and and they've, they've uh, Justin Fuentes' team has had a bunch of issues with games being moved around and COVID and everything, and they've played pretty good football. So this is not a layup. But it is in Chapel Hill, so I'll take North Carolina as well. All right, to the Big 12, K-State at TCU, a battle of purples. This is such a hard game. I'm going with Kansas State, though. Mm. And I'll tell you what's interesting. When I watched that, that TCU-Texas game, I expected to see a Gary Patterson defense that is uh, disciplined, that is uh, tackles well, puts pressure on the quarterback, but they had free runners all over the place. There was mistakes all over the place for TCU out there. Um, they probably should have lost that game. We saw how it ended with the fumble from Texas late on the one-yard line. But um, I think Kansas State with Deuce Vaughn, with Skylar Thompson, is just playing really consistent, solid football. Their defense is way better than they get credit for. McPherson, as I pointed out earlier, playing really good on the back end. Give me Kansas State. I like um, – I'm not picking them. I'm going to pick TCU. But I like K-State. I don't – they're not run the tables in the Big 12 good. Right. But they're good. So I think this is a spot where they're going to get tripped up. TCU uh, is not polished yet. They've been through more than anybody in this conference as far as trying to get this season off the ground. But they're carrying a boatload of confidence and momentum yeah. home with them from Austin – they're back in front of the home crowd now. And I think they're going to find a way to get it done. And this is going to be another of those Big 12 games that goes right to the wire. But I'll well, take TCU. I'll tell you that if Max Duggan continues to get yes. better and better, he's, he's a game changer for them. He's really good. Uh, okay, staying in the Big 12, Texas Tech at Iowa State. Iowa State, too consistent, too good as an all-around football team. 
Texas Tech, too many highs and lows for them. They'll look really good offensively. Then they'll turn the ball over defensively. They still haven't, haven't, haven't gotten it together there. Iowa State's just too polished, too balanced of a football team for Tech. If Texas Tech was going to win this game on the road, they would need a monster game from Alan Bowman, their quarterback. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know if he's right. going to play. He's hurt. So that's the deciding factor for me. I think Iowa State's the better team anyway. But if they don't have Alan Bowman, I don't think Texas Tech has any chance right. at all. Uh, talk about a team that's bouncing with confidence right now. Iowa State yeah. just got their biggest win in a long, well, long time. So I'll they, take they, Cyclones. They have recently had massive letdowns after winning big football games. And there's it's been true. several times in recent years where we thought they were going to uh, make that jump, get over the hump. Okay, here we go. Iowa State's for real. And they throw a, a, a stinker out there. Game of the day in college football is our final pick. It's uh, in the ACC, Miami at Clemson. Miami off to a great start. What a quarterback showdown here. De'Eric King versus Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Clemson ranked number one in the nation. The game is at their place. They're a sizable favorite. Who you got? I'm taking Clemson, but this is interesting. I mean, if, if anyone's going to give them trouble, it's going to be yeah. a running quarterback like De'Eric King, some of the, the plays that he can create. But they've looked good so far. They haven't seen anything near what they're going to see True. defensively from Clemson. So I do think it's going to be a tight game. Clemson may pull away later, but look out for Miami. I'll go Clemson with the win, but this one's going to be fun. Miami's been impressive. Dabo said... Uh, his team, Clemson, was sloppy last week against Virginia. But I don't think they'll be sloppy on Saturday. I, Miami, though, I mean, De'Eric King gives them something they haven't had in a while. Yeah. And normally you kind of wait for Miami to throw a clunker in there. and Maybe they will. But he's special enough that he gives them a home run threat. But they're not going to beat Clemson on the road. I'll take Clemson as well. All right, we got a little time here at the uh, end. What are your biggest keys for OU on Saturday? Well, I, I think that a lot of people can probably agree that this is going to be a tight football game, right? I mean, at least going in, we would expect that. I mean, I don't know what the spread is. It's under two points right now or right around that number. It's going to be really, really close. So in close games, whenever the statistics are really close, both offenses are going to play well, then it's going to be just like Iowa State. I say special teams wins the day. So we have to win special teams. At, at worst, we just don't give up a big play. I would prefer that we go out and create something on our own, create a big return, create a block, swing the momentum in our, in our favor. So um, I think that's a big factor. The other thing is, in this football game, and we've seen it recently, last year, OU got the win, they were up big, and Texas comes storming back. The year before that, Texas is up big, mm -hmm. Kyler Murray and OU come storming back. So you can't get caught up, you can't be too up, and you can't be too down. Don't get caught up in the momentum swings in this game because they're legendary. Just stay efficient, take care of the football, be smart. When you make a big play, you haven't won the game, you got to be ready to come the next series. So don't get too up or too down. And finally, run the football. I mean, in this series, we all know the stat. It's, it's staggering. Whoever runs the football for the most yards has a massive advantage. And Texas this year, you know, they're running the football better. And, and uh, Tom Herman is undefeated whenever they run the ball for over 200 yards. So running the football is going to be critical. We've struggled with that uh, so far out of the gate. We've got to get it going if we want to win this game.
don't get too high. Don't get too low. We're going to be here for a long time. <laughs> right. Merv Johnson, every That's OU right. Texas game That's right. would say that. Uh, your last point there is, for me, the biggest key every year in OU Texas. This is a game about physicality. Yep. One of these teams brings it to the other one every year, and that manifests itself most frequently in the ability to run the football. And you're right. The statistics prove that whoever runs the ball better in OU Texas wins right around 95% of the time. Right. So it's not that complicated. You have to be the more physical team in OU Texas. And it starts before the game when we send Teddy into the visiting radio booth and have him throw some guys around over That's there. That's what we do. We've got to establish physicality even on upstairs. Set right? the tone. That's exactly start right. Start fast, finish strong. We've got a bunch of coverage headed your way this week as we get you set for the 116th Red River Showdown on Sooner Sports TV. Check this out. Sooner Football with Lincoln Riley coming your way tomorrow night. Spotlight on Thursday and Coach's Corner. I think DeMarco Murray is on Coach's Corner How this week. How about that? Look at Plank and Gabe getting DeMarco Murray in there. And then you're going to be involved with uh, Sooner Sports Game Day, of course. It'll air on Friday night and then again on Saturday morning. It's the perfect way to get ready for the game. One complete hour of OU Texas pregame. You, Gabe, and Chad McKee, is that right? That's right. It's going to be a lot of fun. we got a new feature. We're kind of doing some X's and O's, breaking down some plays leading into the matchup. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Then look at their Friday night, folks, at 9 o'clock football flashback. We've been going week by week through the 2000 National Championship season. This is the 20th anniversary of the 2000 National Championship season. And this week... We're looking back on the Texas game in 2000. One of the most memorable OU, for a Sooner fan anyway. That's where it all started. For, yeah, that's exactly that's right. where it all started. That's exactly right. So 9 o'clock will be appointment television for you on Friday night. A great way to get your juices flowing before you go to bed and wake up for the Red River Showdown. All right, stick around, everybody. The Lincoln Riley Show is coming up next. And we'll be back with you next week on The Huddle right here. Boomer Sooner, everybody. All right, thanks for joining us for the Sooner Sports Podcast. Really cool schedule coming up. Here's what we have. On, well, later this afternoon, we're going to drop the Legacy Series. I'm excited about this. It's our first episode. Uh, we go in-depth on some of the greatest plays and moments, and you hear from the people involved, and uh, in-depth interviews with legends and difference makers. So that's coming up on the, on the Legacy Series later today uh, down the road. But today, like spit it out, the focus is on the Superman play as we go in-depth on the 0-1 OU Texas game and the play where Roy Williams flew. That's later on today. Also, tomorrow you get Coach's Corner with DeMarco Murray and Calvin Thibodeau plus the scene setter. And if you love the nostalgia, we're going to hear from Dimitri Flowers and Sooners for Life. That's our episode that focuses on a former great as they look ahead to the weekend ahead, which this week is OU Texas. Again, 11 a.m. kick, 9 a.m. pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. We're back with the scene setter and coach's corner on Friday. And stay tuned later today for the Legacy Series. Have a great start to your weekend. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.